I mean, who doesn't love pink, right? <laughs> oh, God. This feels so familiar. Uh, the stage was kind of a home for me growing up. I, uh, I found it to be a place that was really comfortable, and uh, uh, I felt at home. You know, the, the smells, it was an energy, lights. It's funny, I'm standing in front of the lights now, and I'm remembering that um, I know a lot of people, when they have to stand on stage and talk, that the lights can be very disconcerting for them because they're like, I can't see, you can't see who's out in front of me. And uh, I think that was the part that I, I liked the most because with the, with the blinding of the light, I could pretend like they weren't there, right? I mean, I knew they were there. And uh, I knew they were watching what I was doing. Um, but, but I could lose myself in that moment and, you know, do what I came to do, or be who I was going to be, or say what I needed to say. Um, you know, as a child, I would look for that opportunity to be in the spotlight any chance I could. You know, whether it was sharing an opinion, or challenging a thought, or acting, singing, dancing, whatever it was, I just wanted to grab a piece of something that was mine, and that made me feel seen, because that felt good, and when I felt seen, I felt like I was part of something, or I, that I belonged, right? It kind of gave me a sense of, this is who I think I am, I put it out there, and then I would get the, the acknowledgement back, and I felt celebrated for the things that I was doing, and that was, again, very comforting as a kid. But then, you know, as you get a little older, Little by little, some of that innocence fades away. <laughs> and instead of feeling celebrated, I started to feel the consequences of being in the spotlight or claiming some peace. And, uh, uh, you know, it was sort of bit by bit over time, but um, nonetheless, there were, there were moments that I remember. You know, something as simple as, you know, an older brother that wanted to kind of keep me in place, right? Saying things like, you know, why are you trying to act so smart? Or why are you trying to be so sophisticated? Like as if somehow I couldn't be those things. Um, but you know, we fought a lot. Or maybe it was that we were trying to fight over the spotlight, I'm not really sure. But I know that at a certain point, I stopped fighting because I actually wanted to, to just have the relationship with him, so I, I just sort of, you know, I sort of stepped out. I let him have the spotlight when we were together. And that, you know, that was fine, because it was just him, right? Then, you know, you get through high school, and I, I got to the point of having to choose um, school, college. And would I, would I try to make it? Would I try to pursue this performance, this acting, whatever it was? Was I going to go in that direction? Did I believe in myself enough? You know, did I have the courage to maybe fail at something that was such an important part of me or that was so much of me? Um, and the answer was, um, no, I didn't do that because um, I didn't think I could. I didn't think I actually had it. And, uh, you know, I didn't 
want to suffer for my art, and I didn't want to be a little fish in a big pond. And so those were the stories that I told myself as I packed up my stuff and I went to, to business school. And that was the second step. <laughs> out, of the, out of the light and into the shadow. Yeah. So, but that was good. I got a good education. I got a great job. And I got out into the workforce. And I said, let's see how this works. And, you know, I discovered really quickly that being really logical and being very analytical worked. And I watched what the men did. And I put my pantsuit on and I kept right on following in their footsteps. Uh, and I think that was, that was about the time that the last piece, the last shred of performance that was in my life, I was doing dinner theater at the time. And I got to a certain point in my career that I started thinking, oh my God, what do people see me doing this? What do, like, how, I can't be taken seriously. I'm wearing a blonde wig. I'm playing a Russian assassin. Like what, nobody's, <laughs> like how can, I, how can I be taken seriously in a professional career? wearing a ridiculous blonde wig. So I dropped that too. And that was the moment of going completely into the shadows. But here's the thing about the shadows. <laughs> um, both on the stage and in life, uh, the shadows you can see so much better. You can see amazing things that you cannot see when the the light is so bright in your eyes. It's an amazing thing, and that's, that's where I suddenly found myself, and I embraced it. I, I, I started listening like with my whole body to what people were saying, um, what they were say saying, and the things, more importantly, the things they weren't saying. Those are like the, the little, the, the whispers under the words, right? Like I hear those, and I would tug at those, and I got really good at that, and, uh, and that became the thing that, propelled me forward, and, and that, was, uh, that was a space that I was just going to inhabit. And after years and years of listening to other people's subtext and hearing and trying to tease out their truth and their opinions, um, I suddenly looked around and realized I had kind of gone mute to my own opinions. And, um, and a little deaf to my own subtext. You know, even especially on things like um, in my, my marriage, I, um, there were so many decisions. I stopped, I stopped weighing in on or, uh, things that we needed to choose. You know, how did I feel about this or that? And I, I stopped sort of contributing to that, especially when my husband would be like, hey, I have an idea, and how about this? And I've thought about it, and that, you know, I think this, this might be the thing to do. And I'd be like, wow, he seems really well-researched, and, uh, you know, he seems to care a lot about it, so let's just go with that. And, you know, you can do that once or twice, but when that becomes your default, that's generally not a participating in that, in that space. And then there was something else that was happening. It was like this energy sort of building up inside. And it was really quite, uh, really quite disconcerting because, like, what is this? What's going on? Um, and so, uh, I would, I would try to poke at it a little bit because, you know, I'm a researcher. I'm like, ooh, what is this? Let's get in there. And um, and as soon as I get anywhere near it, it would like roar at me, like just fucking roar at me. 
And I thought, oh, okay, well, I don't know what that is. Um, I'm gonna need a little help. And when I need help, I go to books. And I figured this had something to do with, uh, with a feminine, female thing. I don't know why, somewhere along the way, I sort of tapped into that. And so uh, I gathered up, I just started reading um, strong women's books. You know how like some people like binge on Netflix? Well, I kind of, I binged on the words of women like Brene Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert and Glennon Doyle and Lael Cooper Jepsen, <laughs> you know? Like these women's stories and their observations of the world were everything I needed in that moment. So all this new information swirling around me, but I hadn't touched mine, right? And so I had to figure out what am I gonna do? How do I, how do, I do this? And uh, I realized, I know I can't bring that logical analytical part. I don't think that's gonna be, <laughs> thank you. I don't think that's the thing that's gonna help me solve this one. So I, I realized, you know, I kinda said, let's put that over here big masculine energy that I had been celebrating and had been, you know, rewarding me my, most of my life. And I had to go in to a part that I had, hadn't really talked to in a while. Um, it, you know how some people talk about trying to find balance in their lives? Um, usually it's in the form of that work-life balance concept. And uh, I did... Um, I did do that because I thought maybe that would be it. That's when you know this part was still trying to figure it out for me. Um, and the funny thing is, is that didn't solve it because that wasn't the root of the problem. Because <laughs> the root of the problem was not celebrating and acknowledging an entire part of my being that was so necessary to my overall um, just life and health. And so, uh, I had been neglecting it for a very long time. You know, I, right from being a kid, I, I was a tomboy, right? I had brothers. Uh, I didn't have any sisters. I didn't have female cousins around. And, uh, you know, I had my mother, who is very feminine, but also very introverted. And I'm very extroverted. And I think I probably overwhelmed her at times, or, or it's entirely possible that I may have overlooked her. Um, in that time. And now here as an adult, you know, I'm, I've got a great husband and I have two great boys and I'm the only female in the house. <laughs> and uh, as my husband says, I'm surrounded by dick swinging everywhere, you know. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, <laughs> at times, yep. So that roar I mentioned, uh, that's, that's, that's why I'm here. Bringing that back out, that energy, that fire, that shakti has been my new, my new word. Not that I, I didn't invent it, obviously. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but it resonates, right? coming up, it's coming out, and, uh, and so 
the reason I am here tonight is because I am bringing that back into the light. Thank you for that, um, uh, because I actually believe I need both, and I know I need both, but it's not about being one or the other. It's definitely about having both, because I've seen so much, and I understand so deeply in the shadows, when I'm in the shadows, but God damn it, I need to be in the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.